Buckle up, baby. A Giants win on Sunday against the Bengals means a trip to first place in the NFC East. We'll preview the big game, get into the firing of Mark Colombo, what Giants are on the COVID list, who's returning and who's not, and we'll tell you what Giants fans should be thankful for this Thanksgiving. We also chat with a fourth-year defensive tackle that starts on the Giants defensive front, a two-time national champion out of Alabama. It's the captain, Dalvin Tomlinson. So eat some turkey, butter the cornbread, stir the stuffing, cut the pie, stuff your face, sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of a Thanksgiving edition of the Blue Rush Podcast from the New York Post. Welcome back, everybody, to the Blue Rush Podcast, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. I know you all missed us during the bye week. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, wherever you get your bloody pods. Rate us five stars. Write in a nice review on Apple. We appreciate your support as we bring you two episodes the rest of the season, all season long, hopefully into a playoff run. Your host of Blue Rush of the Post, Giants longtime beat writer, Paul Schwartz, and two-time Giants Super Bowl champion kicker, Lawrence Tide. You can follow the entire Blue Rush crew on Twitter at LT4Kicks at NYPost underscore Schwartz at Jake Brown Radio and at Sarah McCrory. Joining us in the second half of the show is Giants starting defensive tackle, the captain, Dalvin Tomlinson. But after a week away, we got a ton of catch up on as we dive first in the paper. We'll go legs first in honor of Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving legs with your biggest Giants headlines. This week, which actually starts, guys, with what we missed last week that has now carried over into this week, and that is the firing of Mark Colombo. Joe Judge fired offensive line coach Mark Colombo during the bye week. What exactly happened there? Did the two get into an altercation? Let's start with you, Paul. Break down this kind of surprising firing that came after a second straight victory for Big Blue. Yes, uh, surprising is definitely uh, one of the words I would use. First of all, there was no altercation, no fisticuffs. Uh, there were heated words. There were some naughty words, not suitable for certainly the Blue Rush podcast. Right, <laughs> Lawrence? Potty mouth? Yep. No. Okay. Right. Not not allowed. But uh, look, yes, this was it, was it was so strange, right? Because the Giants offensive line is trending up the last two games as they've won. And you say, okay, they've got this all together. They, they're moving in the right direction. Uh, but look, th- this was something I'm not at the facility every day, so I didn't really know a lot of this. But Joe Judge has been more active with the offensive line. He sees some things that were alarming. Lawrence knows this. When you have a first-round draft pick and they think this guy is a terrific prospect and he's kind of wavering mechanics-wise, technique-wise, everyone's going to put their hand in. They didn't like what Colombo was doing there uh, with Nick Gates at center. So Judge was doing more. Mark Colombo didn't like that. And push didn't come to shove. But Dave DiGuglielmo, who was a guy that I know mm-hmm. who had been with the Giants before this, Judge wanted to bring him in as a consultant. That was the last draw for Colombo. Uh, they got into a, a verbal altercation on a Tuesday, Wednesday morning, when Mark Colombo came to the facility. Security met him and said, we need to go to Human Resources and he was fired. So the intention <laughs> was not to fire Mark Colombo. And 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 you talk about security. Mark Colombo was 6'7 and about 320 pounds. And so yeah. they wanted to make sure after the day before where there was some bad blood, nothing would happen. He was fired without incident. Lawrence, this does not happen very often or ever. No, it doesn't. And, and I, there, this obviously is a season long issue. This yep. is not just a one week you fire him. 
we don't know how good of a coach Colombo really is. I mean, he had a star-studded cast in Dallas. You know, I'm not saying you don't coach those guys up, but he, I think he inherited three or four Pro Bowl players. And that line was always, obviously, the penultimate best line in football. I would say, you know, firing him sent a message across the whole organization to the players, to the locker room. Players and coaches. Coaches have egos, too. Colombo didn't like Googe coming in. I know Googe. Googe was with us in 07. I love the guy. He's kind of an in-your-face kind of type, but loves you, pats you on the back. But he's going to get after you. And... I don't think there's any coincidence that since since Joe Judge started kind of, you know, dipping his toe in the water with this offensive line, they started playing better. And maybe he got offended by that. People don't like to, you know, be stepped on or jump into their coaching techniques. And so I think it's a, a story, obviously. Hopefully we can move on from it. I, I don't think it'll, it'll drag on and become an issue. And hopefully the guys keep playing well. Well, the one thing is, and, and Joe Judge kind of said this um, on Monday, it was the first time he had to address the situation, is that, Look, this new guy is not coming in and saying, okay, we're starting from square one. It's training camp. Everyone's changing their techniques. That's not happening. They're not idiots out there. They're going to work with what they have. But, you know, my grandpa, my grandfather Morris told me when I started working, you know what his advice was to me? The He told me when the boss is right, he's right. When the boss is wrong, he's right. Okay, we've all had bosses. We may not always agree with that, but there's a reason why a guy is a boss and why a guy is a worker. An assistant coach is a worker when you're Maybe Colombo looked at this and said, look, this guy's going to fire my ass after the season anyway. That's fine. You got to take that in, do your job now. And, you know, when you when you open your mouth to the boss, you're going to get fired. That's all there yeah. is to it. I look at this like if, uh, if I was a player, right, and they brought in another kicker during the season, stuck him on the practice squad, if you will, similar situation, I would be offended right? You, you, we all have egos in this sport, including coaches. Plus, so. if that other kicker was good friends with the coach and, yeah. and worked with the coach before, and, you know, that's a yeah, different Yeah, then you kind of, you know, as yep. a player, coach, you see the writing on the wall. And to your point, I think he thought, well, this is the end. Why not? Let's just get the hell out of this COVID-controlled season and let yeah. me go be with my family. Guys, other news that hit during the bye, which I think was pretty inevitable, four Giants tested positive for COVID, including Graham Gano, Matt Parrott, Caden Smith, and new receiver Dante Pettis. Parrott, Smith, and Pettis will all stay on the COVID list to miss Sunday's game. And Gano's a maybe. Can we break down the Giants' COVID situation and what does this outbreak mean? Yeah, so this is tough. I think Caden Smith's the biggest name on that list. I think he does so much in the run and pass game. You're going to miss some snaps from Pert, but I think, you know, right now looking at the list, I think Gano's going to play. He, he he got diagnosed last week. I don't know that for sure. I'm just hoping. I I think Caden Smith not playing is really going to change the way maybe we run the football a little bit because he is a big, big contributor in the run game. And don't forget when this whole thing started with the contact tracing, you had Gano testing positive. You had the punter, Riley Dixon, yep. had to be contact traced. He had to leave the building and the long snapper, right, Casey Kreider. Yep. So believe me, Joe Judge and, you know, the special teams people did not want to go into a game with a new kicker, punter, which would have been the same guy, a guy they got on the practice squad and new long snapper. So it looks like, you know, Dixon and Kreider are back. I agree with you, Lawrence, even though Matt Pert is your, you know, you're his. He is. You know, he's your guy, but look, it was 15 to 20 snaps a game. Yeah. So you take that out. When I first heard three guys, we all thought the same thing. Man, this could be devastating. It could have been three defensive linemen. It could have been three starting offensive linemen. So all things considered, 
Pert, Caden Smith, and Dante Pettis is a lot better than could have been the case when you wipe out three guys. It is. And, you know, Santoso is the guy on, on the practice squad who has not appeared in any games. He's kind of been in the league for two or three years here with different teams and practice squads. So he's a capable player. Joe Judge spoke highly of him, likes him a lot. He is from the 850, by the way, where me and, me and uh, Graham are from. He's from my rival high school, Pace High School. And I bet he could kick your butt. He's a big man. Yes. Right? Six, uh, what, six, five, 255 yeah. or something? Or, uh, yeah. He's... Yeah. I don't know that he could whip me, though. I'm pretty quick. Yeah. You could run away from him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Lawrence Staines. Speaking of guys sidelined, the Giants could get a few of them back in the field on Sunday. Rookie safety Xavier McKinney, who sat out the entire season with a broken foot. He returned to practice. Outside linebacker O'Shane Zimenez has been out since October 4th with a shoulder injury. And Mr. Irrelevant linebacker Tay Crowder was also designated a return from, from IR uh, last week. How big of a boost can these guys be for the defense that has been playing very well? And, you know, do you see them all possibly coming back this week? Well, uh, look, this is the X-Men, right? This is this is the, the yeah. X-Men coming back. O'Shane Zimenez. Zimenez and... McKinney, the X-Men, I think we have to wait these. You know, we have to look at them. Tay Crowder, I think, will be back, probably starting at inside linebacker. He's faster. You know, his snaps will be limited, but he was doing some good things before he left. That'll be good. O'Shane Zimenez was really not doing much before he went on, you know, before he got hurt with a shoulder. Mm -hmm. So we have to see. I'm not, you know, he's not like they're bringing back some proven pass rusher, but if he can come back, he adds snaps to the rotation. I still think he can be a good player. He had four and a half sacks as a rookie. And, you know, last but certainly not least, I, I'm not sure about McKinney this week. I'm really not. And if he comes back, it will be limited. As as Joe Judge said, with a guy like him, whatever role we play for him, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. We can minimize his role a little bit and just kind of get him in. So I think if McKinney is active, everyone can't wait to see what the second round pick can do. It's not going to be out there, it, you know, getting 40 snaps. A little bit here, a little bit there, maybe three, four snaps on defense, maybe put him in some special team situation, get his feet wet, because this is a rookie they want to see for the stretch. You don't want to have a setback with him. Yeah, McKinney's – I think I could see McKinney getting some special team snaps for sure, yep. get his legs opened up, get the get the pads popping. Um, I would be very, very careful with him. Feet are really, really tough injuries. He's a high-priced draft pick. We all expect great things from him. I think X-Man coming back and Crowder, they're going to get a heavy dose of run this week. I mean, I, I just think that's going to be the MO. I know, I know Mixon's out, but I think they're going to run the football and try to protect Finley, short passes. I don't think they're going to spread the field. Now, this this offense does, you know, the Bengals do have some some really good receivers. So, but this defense is playing so well. I think you sprinkle these guys in in certain packages, and and Patrick Graham will obviously have packages for these guys. And if you're right, Lawrence, if they look at this and say, you know, with a backup quarterback, they're going to run a lot, you know, just because Tay Crowder's coming back, they just say, you know what, David Mayo's getting 35, 40 snaps because he's a better yeah. run stopper. You know, this, yeah. this, this, they're not going to be baited into Tay Crowder's back. We got to play him. Yeah. Uh, they're going to use the matchup. They, and that could be David Mayo because he's a good run stopper. For sure. I went, you know, I looked at some film from Finley uh, last year. He played, he played in some close games. He kept them close. He, he's, he's obviously a capable passer. He poses no threat in the run game. So, you know, maybe I think this is a 20-25 pass game with a bunch of run. The one thing about Finley is I think he's 0-4-1 in his five games that he's played. Uh, less than 40, uh, less than 50% percentage. This is, it's completely different. You know, I mean, Joe Burrow is a guy that everyone cannot wait to see. He's, you know, devastating injury. It was yeah. a horrible thing to see. And now you have a guy who's barely, a, you know, an NFL backup kind of thing. It's a whole different animal here.
He, just real quick though, he he lost, you know, 17-10 to Oakland and 16-10 to Pittsburgh and two of those four starts. So he's he's a guy that can keep it close. I watched him. I mean, he's a he's a good thrower. We'll we'll just have to see it. The Giants have to win this game, but definitely he's a capable player. I wouldn't underestimate him. He is a dog. The Giants are taking on the two seven and one Bengals in Cincinnati. Joe Burrow to tore his ACL and MCL in a really scary injury on Sunday. I know I was watching that. It was awful um and he'll be out until obviously next season like you said ryan finley will take his place at quarterback making this an even more winnable game for the giants a giants win and an eagles loss to the seahawks would put big blue in first place as they lead the tiebreaker over the cowboys in washington who will play each other on thanksgiving let's break down the giants Bengals and make your predictions well, I mean, look, this is a, a new a new era for the Giants here. They're going into late November with a chance to win a division. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see who rises and who falls here. This was, I think, going to be a difficult game with Joe Burrow. Without Joe Burrow, you know, I know Lawrence said we can't disrespect Ryan Finley. Well, on the Blue Rush podcast, I can disrespect who the hell I want. Okay. <laughs> and um, I, I, I I just think it, it 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 changes the whole makeup of this game. I don't think the Giants will be complacent. I think they win the game. Uh, it's the first time since 2016 the Giants are favored by as much as five points on the road. What does that tell you? And the number might go up with Ryan Finley. Giants win um, 27-14, something like that. Yeah, the the Giants have to win this game. There's no question about it. They have an expectation. The NFL expects them to win. We expect them to win. The fan base expects them to win. They should win this football game. So I want to see how they come out of a bye with expectations. This team hasn't had expectations in three or four years. So they need to come out, punch this team in the mouth, and win the football game. I'm going to go Giants 31 to 17 is oh my, my god <laughs> i don't i don't know i don't know if i have that much faith in the giants but it makes me uncomfortable that people are betting on them now because i feel like they're so used to being the underdog but i'm yep. going 23 21 giants and i'm going 27 17 giants first place on monday because the uh, seahawks play the eagles Monday night, so you got to wait to hold up that first place trophy. Stuff your face with some stuffing, leftover turkey, and stuff your face, Elok, because the New York football giants will be in first place. Guys, Thanksgiving is coming up, as we know. Hope everyone has a happy Thanksgiving, and we want to know from you in an I'm thankful segment from each of you, and we'll start with you, Tynesy. What you're thankful for watching, rooting for the Giants, being a Giants fan, what you're thankful for going into this holiday season? I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Well, you know, I'm really thankful for, first and foremost, our, our, our people on the front lines, first responders, these people handling this crisis that this country is dealing with and allowing us to be able to get to watch football. It really is important, I think, to have football, but more importantly, those people every day that go to work and put themselves in harm's way. Thank you for me and the, the whole cast here at the Blue Rush Pod. We thank you. We hope you have a Thanksgiving, and we hope the Giants are in first place on Monday. 
Well said. Well said. Um, you know what? I'm thankful that they are playing football. I really am. And I'm not one of these guys who's like, they have to play. They have to play. You know, it's important. It, they have to play if they can play and if it's safe. And and I think the NFL, who we bash a lot, you know, everyone bashes the NFL for this and that. They did this right. I think, you know, they kept it safe. Uh, they have contact tracing. I've been in their facility, the Giants. It looks like a, a, a maze of where you can walk, where you can go, where you can't go, places I can't even go into. Lawrence, you've been in the um, in the you know in their um, field house, right? Half the field house is used as a staging center now. If they want to go into practice, half of it you can't use. So you know they're going to be on a fifty-yard field in there. So that's why they practice outside a lot. So I'm thankful for our business that they're playing. I'm thankful for the New York Post that there's sports that we can cover. Uh, we had people laid off. We had people furloughed. So it's it's people say, well, why are they playing? Well, they're playing because it's their jobs. And if you can do it safely, it helps people mentally, physically, financially. And so there'd be no Blue Rush podcast. So um, I'm thankful that they found a way to get football playing. I really am. Well, you guys went all sentimental. I was going to say I'm thankful for alcohol to get me through these games <laughs> when I'm stressed out. Good thing you don't live in Pennsylvania. <laughs> What do you what do you pop in? What's what's the bottle of choice for Thanksgiving, Sarah? Oh, Thanksgiving, I'm going to do I'm going to make a cocktail that I had the other night. It's a bourbon. Ooh. It's almost like a bourbon lemonade. It's bourbon, mint, lemon and a simple syrup. So it sounds like her pinky will be out. Uh, uh, um, I, I, I think we, I, I think we need a Scottish uh, accent for some of this, right? Uh, to, 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 to speak bourbon, the bloody bourbon. Cheerio. Yeah, okay, my, my dad can come on and do that one. <laughs> Perfect. All right. And, you know, I was actually going to go similar to Paul. I'm thankful this football. I mean, I was dying when it was we just had a Rangers podcast over the summer and it was it was rough and there was no sports. And just to have this relief with so much going on in our country to have something every Sunday and Monday and Thursday, you know, how much I look forward to a football game coming on when it's Tuesday and Wednesday. You're like, damn it. Like last week you had the NBA draft. So you had something. But it's like enough of binge watching shows and series like it's great to have this on and glad they're doing it safely. We haven't had any insane COVID outbreaks. They're doing a pretty good job of getting this done. And guess what? You got competitive football Thanksgiving weekend and make fun of the division all you want. First place is first place. Playoffs is playoffs. It's true. It's the same thing. You're in, you're in. And we've seen six seeds win a Super Bowl. So who knows? If the Giants get in, anything could happen. And as we've said, they play the best football towards the end of the season. So I'm thankful that there's a competitive football team because the other team I'm I'm covering right now is just trying to compete for the first pick in the draft. So it's, it's nice to have a chance at first place. So happy Thanksgiving. Great job. Enjoy your drink, Sarah. Well, I'm the degenerate of the group, apparently. Yeah. Well, listen, I could say I'm going to, I'm thankful for the parlays I won the other day. That's the degenerate side of me, <laughs> but uh, we won't get into gambling talk on here. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. And coming up next, Lawrence Tynes will give you a story from his playing days on this edition of Tynes Time. El Boogie. I'm Lawrence Tynes. We're going to call this edition of Tynes Time get in the bag. In today's lingo, that means getting paid, you get the contract. But for me, it has a little bit different meaning. So obviously we all know what happened in 2007. We, we make the kick, you know, we, we run off the field and we just, you know, we're celebrating as a team and we get going. But the pre-story to everything is in pregame, Greg Batty was my equipment manager in the CFL for the Ottawa Renegades. Great dude, hilarious, funny guy. His brother, Red Batty, is the longtime, I think almost 30 years now, still there, head equipment guy for the Packers. So I, I get to visit with Greg, who I hadn't seen in a while, and then I obviously get to meet Red. And so we have a good conversation as, 
as much as we could in those temperatures. And, you know, we go on about our way and go do our thing. So after the game, you get showered, you get moving, you know, and then you, you head out to the buses. And I visited with my college quarterback and his wife who came to the game. And, you know, you hop on the bus, you get back there with all the guys, you're kind of hooting and hollering and having a good time. And right before we're about to pull out, I see this young kid kind of walk, walk down the side of the bus from my window and bang on the, on the door. And he's got, you know, Packer stuff on and I don't think anything of it. Well, he comes in, the bus driver opens the door and he gets to the top of the step and he looks and he says, hey, is Lawrence Tynes on this bus? So I'm thinking, what in the hell is going on here? Well, just by chance, I was on the bus. And so I meander up to the front and walk up and, and meet the young man. He goes, hey, Red wanted you to have this. So I'm looking, and I'm like, I know damn well it's a football. And I'm like, did he just get the ball from the game winner and give it to me? So then, you know, I'm kind of walking back with all these thoughts in my head, and I sit down, I open the bag, and it's the K-ball, and it's stamped, and these these balls are all specially stamped for for games, for kickers. And, and I sit down and I go, holy cow, this guy just gave me the ball that I kicked to win the, the NFC Championship. And, you know, one of the coolest damn stories, every time I look at that ball, Red Batty's one of the first guys I think about when I see it. And for someone to go out of their way and think I should have that is really, really cool. So Red Batty, thank you so much. I got the bag. Joining us now is the Giants' starting defensive tackle in his fourth season. Big Blue took him in 2017 in the second round with the 55th pick out of Alabama, where he won two national championships and we come to the NFL immediately be on the all-rookie team. He's a key piece to this Giants' defense that ranks sixth in the NFL against the run as he stuffs up the middle. It's the pride of Henry County, McDonough, Georgia. Stand up for your boy. It's number 94, Dalvin Tomlinson. Dalvin, Jake Brown, Lawrence Tynes, Paul Schwartz. Welcome to the Blue Rush Podcast. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. How y'all doing? Henry County is on their feet right now, giving you a round of applause. The The bottles are being popped. You're getting VIP service behind the DJ's uh, <laughs> booth. Welcome to the show. I got to start with... Uh, ripping you for one thing, and that's your Twitter bio is very outdated. Can we, after this show, maybe get you to update it and get you to mention Big Blue and maybe the potential chance at being in first place this weekend, Dalvin? We got to get the Giants in there. Most definitely. I'll update that soon as possible. All right, good. Glad to hear it. <laughs> hey, Dalvin, this is Lawrence. Hey, thanks for coming on. Congrats on being named a captain. As a former player, I know what that means to a player. Congratulations on that. You have been in New York through McAdoo, Shermer, and Judge. It looks like you guys are playing more spirited football, if that's the right word, this season with Judge. At what point did you know that Judge was was the guy? Was there a point in time where you guys said, I'm going to follow this guy? Um, I feel like we feel like that every single year. But Coach Judge this year, you know, he, uh, he just came in, you know, with the mindset just we have to grind and we have to work for everything we, we get, we earn, so. Uh, just going to practice and going to work with for Judge every day is just an amazing feeling. And, you know, he just make he has a great way of having everybody buy into the system. Hey, Dalvin, it's Paul Schwartz. This was a very different bye week experience for you, wasn't it? I mean, what would you normally do on a bye week? Um, I know it would not normally include going into the facility every day to get a COVID test. So how is this different and, you know, maybe in some ways more restful, in some ways less 
restful because of not seeing family? I mean, what was this like for you coming out of the bye? Yeah, it was uh, different, of course. Um, you know, normally on a bye week, you'll probably go home and visit family and things like that, see people you haven't seen in a while. Now, you know, like you said, we have to do COVID testing every single day. So it was it was, it was was awkward, but, you know, it's, it's becoming the norm, I guess you could say, for the league this year. And, you know, going in, doing the test, make sure everybody's safe and secure and everything from the corona, uh, coronavirus and uh, things like that. So, you know, you just go, work out, uh, come home and relax, I guess you can say. Is this different? I mean, normally, would you have gone back home to Georgia or would you have family here for Thanksgiving this week? And uh, is that going to be different for you now? Um, Normoto went back to Georgia and things like that. And then, you know, depending on the weather, you know, my family decides if they want to come up or not. <laughs> if it's too cold, most of them stay in Georgia. But, uh, yeah, it's just super different this year, though. Did you know Joe Judge before? I know he left Alabama after 2011. You got there right after that. Did you meet Joe Judge in, in that recruitment process? Did you know him before he became Giants head coach? Uh, yes, I, I met him uh, in the recruitment process uh, when I was getting recruited by Alabama. He used to joke about how he was going to have me on kickoff and things like that. <laughs> What's changed from the Joe Judge back in 2012 to head coach take a lap Joe Judge, uh, the enforcer in 2020? Um, you know, I, I only knew him for a short period of time when I was recruiting and things like that, so I didn't get to know him on a super personal level. But uh, I'll probably have to say just um, just the thing, I guess the things he's learned over the years at, at the different places he's coached. And I just bring him to the Giants now. It's just great program and just the way he comes at, comes out there it, to work every single day. Just the mentality he has. Hey Dalvin, I, I, I did some digging in your in your athletic bio and I saw that you were a soccer player. Please tell me two things. That you have a picture of you in soccer shorts <laughs> and are you the backup kicker for the New York Giants? <laughs> um I have to go, probably have to go find the picture. You have to go scavenge through some pic, old pictures and things like that. And, I um, need that, Dalvin. I yeah, need we that need picture. that tweeted I, out I immediately. Gotta, <laughs> I got to see this oh, six man. three. What were you, 270 in high school? Uh, about 265, I guess you could say. How many red cards did you get? <laughs> I actually got none. That's the crazy thing. Come on. You got a couple <laughs> yellows, yeah. Come on. Yeah, just a, a couple deep- yellows. <laughs> Well, okay. Dalvin, I, I like the fact that you, in your soccer bio, you know, when I hear that Dalvin Tomlinson was a soccer player, I said, oh, man, he must have been the center back and knocking the crap out of everybody on defense. You were a striker, right? Yeah, most definitely. Sweet and, feet. That's why he's a good D lineman. He's got sweet feet. Hey, OCU Minora was an unbelievable soccer player. Will Shields, the Hall of Fame offensive lineman I played with in Kansas City, was a soccer player. Sweet feet, right, Dalvin? Yeah, you got to have sweet feet. So, so does that mean if Graham Gano is out this week that you will be the Giants kicker? No need to sign any replacements. That'd be amazing. Uh, if, it, if we need it, I'll go over there and kick a couple balls. How, what, what's like, can you kick like a 40-yarder, 30 Like, what would your limit be if, if we had to know? Uh, I wouldn't even know. I haven't kicked in so long, so I couldn't even tell yeah, don't, you. Don't do that. Don't do that. You might... <laughs> heard of hammy yeah well yeah i i think uh dalvin we all can agree that in cincinnati this week if you're lining up to do anything with kicking the giants are in trouble right <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> yeah dalvin i, I want to ask you i i think of you you know i mean obviously lawrence mentioned you are uh you were voted in as a team captain that is a vote of your peers i remember years and years ago the giants had a center named brian williams he was a big tough guy from minnesota and he he was viewed as a team leader and and the team was going through some bad times later in the season 
And, uh, you know, the defensive guys at that point were the bigger talkers, the bigger quote unquote leaders. And I remember going to um, him once, Brian Williams, and, and talking about leadership. And did he want to say anything about the team? And he shook his head and looked at me and said, you guys, meaning the media, always think the guys who talk the most are the biggest leaders. And he kind of just shook his head and looked at me like in disgust. And I think of you when I think of that story, because you're not the biggest talker, but you're one of the biggest leaders. How did that happen? And what style do you like to bring to leadership? Um, when it comes to leadership, uh, I would have to say leading by example. You have to do everything right. And you have to come into work every day with your hard hat on ready to come and grind. And uh, I feel like uh, that's uh, like the biggest thing as a leader for me. And um, yeah, you like, you know, like you say, you know, you have leaders that talk and uh, things like that. But uh, I feel like every team has to have leaders that talk and every team has to have leaders that lead by example also. Another leader on that defense, Dalvin, is Patrick Graham, who's getting rave reviews as the Giants defensive coordinator. A guy that could have a job elsewhere, you know, as a head coach with the way he's coaching this year. How good has he been leading your defense? What's it been like uh, learning under him? And, you know, we, we hear about him, you know, developing new schemes the night before the game. It led to an interception. Uh, what's the experience been under Patrick Graham? No, I love playing for Pat. Um, PG always comes up with the um, great uh, – co- the way he coaches the players um, is super individualized. He coaches every player differently because, you know, everybody learns differently. And uh, he takes time out to learn the best way each player learns and things like that. So, yeah, you get a super different understanding of, of the defense and the things you want. And, um, yeah, it just it, – it's, it's great because, you know, he's super smart with the schemes and stuff he comes up with. And um, everything he calls, we have 100% – Hey, Dalvin, we've asked this question to a lot of players we've had on. What do you find most difficult in terms of the game day experience? Is there something that's a plus or a minus with or without fans? I mean, obviously, the fans give you guys energy and you miss them. What are some of the some of the difficulties in playing without fans? Um, I would have to say the energy you get from the fans, um, especially on defense of the home game, I would say. Uh, you know, like third third and short or third and long third downs and things like that. You get uh, the fans get all super energized and super loud and things like that. And I feel like uh, you miss that on the defensive side of the ball. And, um, you know, it puts a lot more pressure on the offense and things like that. So I feel like that's probably one of the biggest difficulties is not having the fans there and the energy they bring to the game. Hey, is there is there any kind of advantage for you guys as D linemen with the snap counts being able to hear it? Is that something that's that you guys can get a key on? Uh yes and no. I say yes because you know you you get to hear some of the things they call out and then I say no because I feel like more defensive players across the league actually are listening for like you're listening to the hard count a little too much. At least the more offsides and things like that. Dobbin, this is the fourth year, you know, fourth winter you're going into with the Giants. And um, the first three, there were no playoff implications. You know, I've talked to you throughout all those years. You can play hard. You're in the trenches. You go down to down. You know, that that was a, a given. But this year, even with the three and seven record, you guys are right there in the playoff hunt. You know what happened uh, last weekend when you guys were off you know what's going to happen on thanksgiving where the you know the cowboys and washington play and one of those teams loses one wins and that affects your standing in the nfc east i mean is there any sort of little extra juice or carrot knowing that you are in a bona fide playoff race now it might not be a traditional playoff race but it's a playoff race and you can easily say that the giants could be the team in first pace at the end of this i mean is that something that really motivates you even more so yeah, I think, uh, you know, the playoff run is always a, a good motivation for a team and things like that. But I know one thing, we just have to continue to work and just take it one day at a time. 
and the good thing you to trust Coach Judge's process. How impressed are you with Judge early on here? I mean, he's I think Giants fans are obsessed with him and you know, it's the most obsessed you see over a coach that's three and seven, but he has a certain style to him. It just seems a lot different, Dalvin, than the days of Pat Shermer and Ben McAdoo. It seems like the Giants might have found the right one and he might be here for a while. Oh uh, yeah, I love Coach Judge and the the way he approaches everything. Um uh, you know, he just he. I love the way he comes in, and uh, I feel like he affected the cult, the Giants culture in a great way. And I'm just hard nosed uh, physical football. Like uh, I feel like uh, what the Giants are known for back in the past is just like you know physical football, especially up front in the uh, defensive line. So I feel like they, he brings a lot of that to the table. What's your lap tally at? Do you have a tally? How many laps have you run this year? <laughs> Uh, I lost. I lost. I lost count in training camp. Wow. So I couldn't even tell you. Hey, honest man. He's an honest man. Yeah. Hey, Dalvin. Who's the better musician, you or Andrew Thomas? Oh man, I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you. They say he tickles the ivories, and you play the trumpet. Maybe this is an off-season gig down in the subway station. <laughs> Probably need to do that. Okay. Well, I'm fascinated, Dalvin, by your talents because you also you created what? What is it? A video game PC console? Uh, yeah, I built the gaming PC. I mean, you said that casually, like like is eating a sandwich <laughs> at noon. Uh, you built a gaming PC. You also are an incredible artist, like, and you play the trumpet, like. Can you talk about some of these interests? Like, obviously, the artist stuff I see way back on your Instagram. I'd love to see more artwork. Maybe you draw, you know, Lawrence Tynes. Maybe you draw Paul Schwartz. Paul Schwartz's picture in the post is like 30 years old. We need a new artist drawing of him. Maybe we'll draw him. But talk about some of your other your other talents that you have because I'm, it's pretty impressive and we don't get to see a lot of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, oh, with art, this is something I do in the uh, my little off time, I guess you can say. Uh, just, you know, just pick up a pencil and put it to some paper and see what comes out. And what about and, the, um, the console? I want to hear about this. Uh, the computer console. Uh, I guess you could say when we was in quarantine, I always wanted to, like, have a gaming PC. And um, one day I just got all the parts for it, and I just stayed up all night building it. And um, it actually worked when I got done with it, so I was proud of that. So I ain't messed anything up. You know, it, this goes right into my question is that, you might be, I don't know about the only player, but there's a very small handful that were you actually choosing out of high school between Harvard and Alabama? Is that correct? Uh, yes. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, Alabama, you might want to go to Georgia or Clemson, right? Or any of these other big schools. Uh, can you talk about that? And first of all, what was your grade point average in high school? Um, I graduated with a, with if you include the AP classes, like a 4.4. Jesus. Mm, I, didn't right. le- I didn't know that was right. legal. That's <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, 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 see, see, Dalvin, you have to understand, we are, our, our uh, producer here, Jake Brown, um, you know, he can count to four, but he, he realizes that four, 4.0 is the top. So he can't um, understand what 4.4 is. So if 4.0 is perfect, you are higher than perfect. Well, it's so, different down well, south because in honors class, because I lived in North Carolina for my senior year of high school, in an honors class, a B is a 4.0 and an A is ooh. a 5.0. Is that how it was in Georgia too, Dalvin? No, uh, I think uh, A was a, uh, a 4.0 in Georgia. Oh, so you just had an A+. plus. All right, never mind. <laughs> well, because the AP courses are weighted more strenuously, so they lift everything up. Yes. I mean, were you con- seriously considering continuing your career and your education at Harvard? No, uh, yes, most definitely, because I used to always uh, tell my mom when I was a kid I wanted to go to Harvard. 
and things like that. So when I had like an academic uh, scholarship there, uh, there, I was super excited and really seriously thought about taking it. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, Alabama was a great choice for you, but it's hard to pass up Harvard, isn't it? Yeah, it, it really was. But, um, you know, football was always my first love. And when I went down there and visited with Coach Saban and Coach Smart at the time, it was uh, it just felt like uh, that's where I needed to be. Now, did you ever tell your defensive coordinator this? Because he's a Yale guy. So, I mean, you could have had a little a little rivalry going there. Uh, yeah, me and Pat always talked about it. He was like, yeah, Dalvin was almost a Harvard guy. I'm glad he went to Alabama, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alabama yeah. and Harvard. Hey. That's like chicken parm and hey. Benny Hanna, the best of both hey. worlds right there. You go to <laughs> Alabama to get paid, and Dalvin got paid. Facts. And he's going to get paid again here in about five months. Let's talk about the Bengals a little bit. How much have you seen of them? Obviously, Burrow's out. Um, Finley's the backup. Did you have a chance? Did you guys ever play NC State in college? Uh, no, we didn't. But I think uh, my second year, we uh, played against uh, Finley in the preseason, I want to say. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's a second-year guy. I mean, have you seen anything? Obviously, you've watched a little bit of film, I'm sure, during the bye week. Uh, we watched uh, a little bit, but we mostly focused on uh, Giants football, you know, in the bye week. It's pretty much focused on the fundamentals. Self-correct. What has it been, Dalvin, playing alongside? You got Leonard Williams next to you, and you got Blake Martinez behind you. I mean, you got a couple of studs in that defense, a pretty solid supporting cast. If if you look a little further behind you, you'll find Jabril Peppers, who's been playing some great football lately as well. Uh, it's got to be a lot of fun having some some leaders and some guys who really get after the ball, especially Blake Martinez, who we had on the show earlier this season. Really fun guy and just a tackling machine. Yeah, most definitely. You know, playing with uh, Leo, Blake, and Pep is like, you know, you have all these great players around you and stuff, and we all feed off of each other. So it's super great energy out there, and I feel like we all help each other be great. Hey, uh, Dalvin, uh, uh, near the end of the year, it's always, you know, college football so different this year, but, you know, it starts heating up, and I know you and, you know, your line mate, Dexter, you know, you have that Clemson-Alabama thing. Do you guys you know, really get into it, not just you and Dexter, but you and anybody else. And, and you know, th- those college rivalries, they live in the Giants locker room, don't they? Uh, yeah, we always talk about it and stuff. And then uh, if anybody's talking about college football, I always make sure I walk by and see how it just, mm. just to make them a little mad. <laughs> One question here from Twitter, at TonyN619. He wants to know, who is the funniest player on the team? The funniest player? Oh, man, that's a tough one. We got a lot of funny people. But um, I'll probably have to go with probably Dexter Lawrence. He's, he's always going to find a way to make you laugh. I, I, I saw a picture of him, Dalvin, recently. He, <laughs> he, 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 he lost a bet, right? And he was wearing that Notre Dame shirt. I, I think that would have been small on me. Oh, uh, did yeah. You, did, <laughs> that was a good see, one. <laughs> did, did you see that picture? Yeah, I, saw, I was actually there when, I, when they took it. I was just dying laughing. Mm. What, what size shirt was that, do you think? I couldn't even tell you. It looks like a, a medium or a small. Yeah, it, it was Julian. Wasn't it Julian Love shirt? Yeah, it was Julian Love. I got him a shirt. Yeah. Oh yeah, so you know it was like a medium gap for kids. Those, yeah. Yeah, those DBs <laughs> like to wear that tight fit and stuff. Yeah, that was a good one. Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, team captain, Giants defensive tackle. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Dalvin Tomlinson on Twitter and Dalvin underscore Tomlinson on Instagram. And, you know, I'm hoping this week we see that Twitter bio saying, you know, Giants defensive tackle, two-time champion, uh, all the accolades. Henry County, give him a round of applause. Henry County, Georgia, right outside Atlanta. Dalvin, good luck against the Bengals. Let's get in first place, baby. Let's win this damn division. We'll be watching you the rest of the way, and we appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate y'all.
And that says cheerio to episode 53, the Harry Carson edition of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Sarah McCroy for producing the show. Subscribe to Blue Rush or wherever the hell you get your bloody pods. Give us a five-star rating and write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. For Paulie Schwartz, I'm Lawrence Taines. We return next Monday following Giants Bengals. Big Blue could be in first place. Can you believe it? Have a happy and healthy Thanksgiving, folks. Stay safe. Dog.